Well, that's the round table. We dance when we're able. We do routine to call the scene to good work in Peck Cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spamot. Hello and welcome to the quarter three movie podcast of the movie Kingsman the Secret Service. <laughs> My name is Christian Morosky. And I am joined here as I am joined here every here by Kelly Wong. Wait, on. I was liking it. It was going with everything you were saying perfectly. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yes, I have a tagline. Oh, good. I was wondering if you had a tagline. I mean, hi. <laughs> hi, I, Kelly Wand. Now put the music back on and stop talking. <laughs> Do you have a tagline for the Kingsman colon the Secret Service movie that we saw this week? I do. Um, it's like Kick-Ass, but with teenagers. What? Yeah, because they're kids. He's a kid, kind of, isn't he? Isn't he a high schooler? Oh, my God. I don't understand what you're saying. He's the director of Kick-Ass. Oh, that's right. Director. He is the director of Kick-Ass. And those are, oh, the, uh, those are little kids, or she's a little kid. But, well, but, Kick-Ass is but, a teenager. But the He's the same age. Dude, it, <sighs> He's supposed to be the same age as this guy, I think. All right. And it's another comic book. But he's a self-made man, and this is a king's man. Is that what they call the Secret Service? No, I think it's because it's based on a comic called... There's not even a king. Oh. There is a king. uh, The king would be the guy sitting at the end of the table. (laughs) I don't get that either. That guy's a king? He's the king of the Secret Service. His name is Arthur. Hello? Yeah, but Arthur was the king of England, and this Secret Service is supposed to serve. It's in the name. I hear you. The king is the servant. I think I think it would have been too weird to call it Queensman because then uh, I think you would have gotten a, a different group of people to go see. Yeah, it. but there's a girl competing for the title. She's a Kingsman. Yeah, but that's not what I meant by queen. Anyway, uh, before we get into whether or not you did an IMDb upsis this week, uh, Kelly, um, I just want to interject something real quick here. Um, do you have anything to say about the Oscars? <laughs> I didn't see them, uh, but. I for, like I read who won. I went, eh, it's no surprises. But that didn't surprise you. I mean, that shocked the hell out of me. Which one, Birdman winning? Yeah, the Birdman won. But no, everybody said it was. Here's the thing. I why well, I, I don't read a thing about this. All I heard was that, that Boyhood was going to win. Or right, I, that's Piper, it. And I just watched Boy Boyhood. Oh, and I was, was like, it. are you kidding me? I just watched the whole thing, and I was like, oh, what a slog. Um, and then I thought American Sniper, because it was so uh, it had, it had such commercial success, I, I had no idea that Birdman was up there. No, because everybody likes Birdman. Like, it's actually a safe bet. Really? Yeah. What are you talking? I had no idea. Where, where did this come from? This is awesome. I wanted to watch Boyhood. And the Oscars, they're easy to predict. They're actually like, it seems like if you were going to make, like, no money at all betting, like, it's like a safe bet in Vegas, I would think, to bet on. I had no idea that Birdman had that kind of odds. 
I mean, it's so high on my list. I loved it so much. I guess I just don't expect that. But I had no. I, I thought Birdman was too weird to be loved. Yeah, you're right, actually. And the director wins, and he, and, uh, I mean, and that's awesome. I mean, I love that. Uh, I think Birdman is a really good movie, obviously. But I can't believe. So we're getting out of Selma, not being nominated to go see. We like weird shit. We like Spanish people. <laughs> Boom. Right. so it's like they can now you can't argue but if it's like if boy i don't know i, I remember reading articles that just said yeah birdman's favored and like julianne moore is a shoe-in and like um who's the actor one keaton right <laughs> uh michael keaton no, was, michael, no, no he did win that's the thing it was Redman. the oh, biopic guy wins at, right see i thought so Eddie I thought Eddie Redmayne would win, and I and I'm kind of annoyed by that because I hated him so much in Jupiter Sending. Uh, but to, uh, to be honest, uh, Theory of Everything is the one of those, the one of all of the nominees of Best Picture nominees I didn't see. I feel bad about that, but um, uh, but okay, uh, fair enough that he won. I, I mean, I picks anyway, and then ones without a bunch of like war scenes. I don't know. We didn't see Unbroken. We didn't even talk about it. There was never any like, hey, we should see Unbroken or something. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just, I, I just, at the end of the year, I was reluctant to go see Unbroken because it looked like a tedious uh, prison, well, prisoner right. of war kind of like it's gonna, real thing. Yeah, it's kind of thing where it's like I would just read what happened and then it's a spoiler anyway, and then if the guy looks like. Him. That's what a biopic is. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't be happier that J.K. Simmons won for Whiplash. Right. I mean, uh, one of my favorite freaking movies of the year. Um, if I were going to pick a best actor out of, I don't know. I mean, I I might pick Miles Teller crazily enough because I think his uh, his job in Whiplash was fucking amazing. Um, well, no one ever wins for what they should. No one ever goes nude when they should. Everyone spends their lives loving and hating the wrong people. That's what the Oscars remind us. Uh, I also just watched for the first time uh, today and yesterday, I had to stretch it over two days, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, how is it? See, I haven't, okay. I, it is uh, It is really great, but Ray Fiennes is a uh, fucking amazing. Tom Tucker so, had a singing it. He's all, no, they don't even talk. Well, he he has a very low tolerance for Wes Anderson, um, and I don't think I, I don't think it's. I mean, it kind, I don't. It almost plays like a, a a parody of Wes Anderson film. I mean, it's like he's he's like I'm going to do all of what I do, but do it to the nth degree. Uh, but whatever he's doing, and it is amazing what he does. Um, his 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 brand of filmmaking is absolutely beautiful um but you just have to have a tolerance for it but regardless of what he's doing ray fines is fucking great in it so i would definitely have get i mean i would definitely have at least nominated that dude he's he's freaking fantastic He's so good. I would much rather have seen uh, him. And I got to see it. I would Damn it. much rather have seen Rafe Fiennes uh, nominated for a Grand Budapest than Bradley Cooper for American Sniper. Even though I really liked Bradley Cooper and I liked a couple of scenes he was in. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not going to move on the point that I thought Bradley Cooper's work in 
and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was better. I just, I just think he's such a talented actor, and I think he's better showcased in a better movie. And I just don't think American Sniper is a very good movie. Um, but it's like biopics out of the Oscar, like you can't. Biopics are no longer eligible for Oscars. No, I'm, I'm fine with that. And if they, wanna, if they <laughs> see wanna, what happens, what year? They want to nominate a guy who's doing sort of this Rain Man or whatever he's doing with the Stephen oh, thing. Oh, I thought you meant that's what Bradley Cooper was doing. It's like, no, no, I, I'm just talking about, about Hollywood's uh, general idea of like anybody who plays somebody who has a mental deficiency or a physical yes. handicap should automatically win Best Actor. Whereas my contention yeah. has always been the Roger Ebert contention that Tom Cruise had the harder part in Rain Man. I mean, the, the, I mean, yeah. it's very easy to just uh, just do. It's not very easy. It's just a physical thing that you're doing. And well, now, was, Red, why I, I haven't seen it. Eddie Redmayne, so this is unfair. But I, I prefer, I prefer something like what what Ray Fiennes is doing in in Budapest. Uh, uh, I, I just love uh, what he's doing in it. I love it. Through everything, it's a, it's a biopic and a love story <laughs> and a disease movie. So it's a trifecta of things I don't want to watch. And and also to be fair. Um, I think Patricia Arquette does a heck of a job in Boyhood. Um, I think she's really the best part of that movie. Um, I, ca- I, ca- I was constantly hearing people talk about Ethan Hawke. He's, he's fine. Um, but sh- I think she really has to do the harder work in it, it both as I mean, as the actress and the character. I mean, the, I mean, she has to do a lot of work in that movie that's very difficult. Uh, and the kid in it is meh. But uh, but she's really good in it, so I have no problem with her winning that part. That especially given everybody else who was up for the role, I mean up for the up for the award. I'm 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 happy to look at all those people. I'm happy that Patricia Arquette won, even though I didn't really care for Boyhood. I could have watched that this week, and I could have watched um, the other thing. What's but the instead other? I watched Wormwood. Oh. oh, Grand Budapest. I could have watched Grand Budapest this week. I forgot the Oscars were this week until you asked. Uh, so, Actually, it's right. red on. Uh, it's it's kind of um. I, it used to be a huge thing in my life. I used to run like my own little contest about it. I used to like plan this particular day of, uh, around watching it. But I just I you know I'm much more interested in actually watching movies. So I, I watched uh, Grand Budapest and Boyhood, and then went to see. Um, uh, Kingsman instead of dedicating a bunch of time to watching the show about the movies. And I'm embarrassed to say I still haven't seen a single of the movies uh, that Best Actress was nominated for. So I can't say a thing about that. Other than the fact that I think Maybe no one did. was incredible in uh, uh, On Skin. Wait, was she nominated? No, no. See, uh, there you go. Fuck the Oscars. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> Just lost me again. <laughs> She's not nominated for that, but uh, All right. whatever. So on on that note, uh, Kelly Wan, uh, on the note, fuck the Oscars, which I think is a fine way to get us out of talking about this I silly, just, silly topic. I feel totally validated now. In, All right. All right. In, All right. Sorry. Um, what? I just assumed. She, oh, she's nominated, but no one's talking about it because. No, she's she. Guess, oh, neither right. she nor. Um, Any, no, okay. no, no, or, or Jake Gyllenhaal was who was. Ah, uh-huh, they got rained on. Everyone who went to the Oscars tonight. 
haha. Uh, who was also, I mean, in Nightcrawler, Jake Gyllenhaal is, I mean, I would definitely switch out Benedict Cumberbatch, who, uh, I love that guy, but the imitation game is, I mean, it's just, it's a joke. I mean, put Jake Gyllenhaal in for any of the movies he did this year. I don't care what. If he did a new he was an No, but, but, you know, I would definitely put Jake Gyllenhaal in over... Uh, yeah, but, What'd you say? I was gonna say, what's a guy got to do? Like he has, he had two movies. I don't know. I don't know. That's how you do. You get cancels each other out. Yeah. But. But anyway, moving moving on from Oscar talk, uh, which which neither of us really care about, but I I obviously feel overly passionate about. Um, It's. I think it's. I think we should move on to absurdity and IMDb opsis time. Would you read an IMDb opsis from the weird IMDb? IMDb BBB pages, and I try to guess it. Do you have an IMDb opsis this week? Yeah, it's less of a what, which one is it? It's less of a guess what it is movie, and just like it ties in with. All right, you know. that's cool with me. Go. Here's the thing. Okay, what, these are both like one's a, an opsis and one's a plot summary. It says, but they're both exactly one sentence long, and they have <laughs> completely. They, sound, they look. They sound like totally different movies. <laughs> Okay, guess the movie. Now that that's not made it fun, basketball superstar Dennis Rodman. I will continue speaking. Uh, is this, are we talking about double team? Ah, that's what you thought. That, that's what you think it's called. That's the part you're wrong on. That's what I thought it was called too. So it's like, not called that. No, that's his Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Oh crap! Go ahead, With keep Rodman. Going. I think they're both in that. Yeah. Anyway, it's called Simon Says. <laughs> S-E-Z, bro. Oh, good good times. Dane Cook's the sidekick in it. Dane oh, Cook. I see what you're doing. Jeez. Well done. Yep. Basketball superstar. Right, Dennis Rodman's the Colin Firth, and Dane Cook's the... Yeah, um, keep yeah, I, I hear you. Dennis Robbins too cool to be funny. Basketball two superstar Dennis Rodman stars as a hip Interpol agent. <laughs> All the kids want to be that. Attempting to defeat the deadly plans of a crazed arms dealer. Oh, I want to make a movie now. Let me do it. Wait, they already did it. Forget it. <laughs> crazed arms dealer. Crazed. Hip versus crazed. Basketball superstar Dennis Robin. Okay, and then the other... Okay, so that's the... IMDb synopsis, and then this is the plot summary for the for Simon Says. A tattooed Interpol agent helps an old classmate find the kidnapped daughter of a computer software tycoon. <laughs> what? Wait, that's totally what? Is it tattooed or hip? What? <laughs> that's awesome. Classmate? Crazed? Which one? I don't. It's not. It's too convoluted. It can't. And then I just want to know: Does he have an accent? No. <clears throat> he barely has like a speaking style. <laughs> and it's one of those movies. Since he he's too lazy to do shit, like it's one of those like uh, there's a femme fatale chick in it with a whip or something, and he fights her on a table. And then I think he beats her by like there's a close up of his face, and then you like see her like falling. Over like one of those kind of oh okay I got you and then Dane Cook gets his tie stuck in something alright all right. I got him it's like that kind of shit we should watch it now you're making me miss it 
Dane Cook. Wow. Young. I, I, I had a period where I went through like listening to his stand up and was like, oh, this is so funny. Really? I oh, never yeah. went through that phase. Yeah, it was a it was a brief phase. He seems annoying to me. Wait, vicious circle was funny. Uh, well, no, it was just that he has this. Uh, a friend of mine showed me this clip of his where he would like throw water in his face and pretend to be like the alien, like the and and I thought, oh, that's pretty funny. That this guy's like tapping into like being what? like alien from from Ridley Scott's Alien. He's like throwing water in his face and going. And I thought that was really funny. And so I, you know, I got some of his routines and I thought they were very funny. And then, uh, and then I went off to Louis C.K. and I stopped liking Nate Cook, sadly. Yeah, you traded up. Yeah, I, I got to tell you. Um, All right. Well, thank you very much for. Uh, Simon says. Simon says. I had no idea Dane Cook was in that or that Dennis Rodman was. I thought you were talking about double team and you beat me. Well done. There's a part, I remember, where they go over a cliff in a car. And then it's what there. It's so obviously rear projection. Like they didn't even. <laughs> now you're making me want to watch it more. I know. It's ag- I remember. Sure. Stop I that! Just, I don't. I don't have time to watch that. Now you make me want to watch it. The parachute, and then they landed an aircraft carrier, and it's stop it. Red like level of. Okay, never mind. I'll shut up. Alright, uh, let's move on to what we were watching this week. And Okay, no spoilers yet. We're not going to spoil this movie yet. I, I'm just going to let you know what we watched. So this week we saw Kingsman colon The Secret Service. A 2015 American spy action adventure comedy comic book movie about how in Hartford, Hereford, and Hampshire, hurricanes hardly ever happen. It was directed by Matthew Vaughn. And written by him with Jane Goldman, based on the comic book The Secret Service, by Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons. It's, Wait, is Kingsman's not in the name of the comic book? No, it's just called The Secret Service. Okay. And it's by Mark Miller, but I want to I say his name Mark Millar, because he spells it yeah. M-L-A-R, but I'm sure he says Miller. Um, it stars Colin Firth, Mark Strong and Taylor Edgerton or Egerton. I don't know how you would say his name, but uh, it's it's uh, Taylor Edgerton. Uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service is rated R for sequences of strong violence, language, and some sexual content, but not unusual behavior. No, there's no unusual behavior. Com- it's a stale sex. Everything in this movie is something that would happen. There's yeah. nothing unusual about this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unrealistic, they're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Therefore, our <laughs> year olds are old. They're ready for reality. Um, and reality. <laughs> the numbers coming to us from a quarter to three researcher we refer to only as T. Um, Kingsman on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive, Kingsman is at 73%. What? Wait, I don't even know what that means. Uh, 73% of the reviews that are positive. The top critics thought it was 66%. The audience was at 89%. But the percentage of all reviews that are positive is 73%. On Metacritic, however, which is the average rating of various reviews, Metacritic has it at 59. 
boy, this makes me rethink everything I think about things. <laughs> so, uh, it's in 73. Ah. So the box office, I know, there's no even numbers there. It's really weird. Usually Oscar it's always a four or an eight. Right. Uh, so box office, uh, number one was, again, Fifty Shades of Grey. Ah. Uh, it's at $23 million, though. So, which, which means it has one of the largest drop-offs of all time. Take what we can get. Yeah. Uh, Kingsman is at 17. That's number two. Kingsman is our number two movie of the week. Um, it uh. dropped off a lot, but not as many as other movies. And then our number three movie of the week is SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> Triumph. So we are... The number two movie of the week. It was a big drop-off, but not as precipitous as uh, Fifty Shades, which fell off a cliff. Even though it's still the number one movie, fell off a cliff. It's only funny on Valentine's Day. Like, <laughs> That's a good point. Even couples are like, all right. Man. All right, so we are about to depart from non-spoiler territory. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Kelly Wand is about to spoil this movie for you. Uh, we, are, we are heading into spoiler territory. Uh, so if you are spoiler-averse, jump off now and come back to us later on for our mini-movie club of Palooza. Um, but regardless, Kelly, I, I don't know what you would call this thing that you're going to do. I know you're going to tell the story of Kingsman or some sort of a plot thing. I don't know what you would call it. King's Mapsus, the Synopcrit Serpsis. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, because I because I erped in the middle of that. Go ahead. Uh, King's Mapsus, the Samopcrit Serpsis. Okay, I I, <clears throat> I find this promising already. Go ahead. Hang on, I got to take a drink. Talk, talk, come on, cheer, cheer up the listeners. I'm happy to cheer them up, even though I can't do it. Sorry, Jersey Mike's. Oh, no worries. By the way, I saw this in Century City in the hoity-toity auditorium in these rumble chairs. They recline, and you have electronic arrow controls for your reclining. But for the rumbling, you have to wait for something to blow up in the movie. So it kind of makes you fidgety when shit's not blowing up. Uh, when I went to see it, I had to kick people out of my chairs again. What? That's happened to you twice. It's happened to me many times. You're always the victim. Uh, well, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a ha- I'm not really a victim because I get, I get to the movie late because they don't want to see the trailers. Um, and I walked in as the movie was beginning. And, uh, you know, at my particular theater, it has reclining seats and it has also only that one row. It has reserved seats. No, not just in that whole theater. Okay. Uh, It's reserved seating so I can buy it online and and then show up when I want. And I showed up at the very beginning um, and there were people sitting. There was three of us who came. Three people were sitting in our seats. I looked at the seat and I said, this is seat D8. And he went, uh, oh, I wonder where my seat is, and got up and left. Um, huh. That sounds so, like he was... So he clearly knew he was in the yet. wrong seat, but he was, uh, I wonder if I'm going to be able to find my seat. And I said, I'm sure That's you That's him will. covering up his embarrassment. Thank you very much. And Are you sure you what? Would you tell him? I said, I'm sure you'll be able to. Thank you very much. Um, I wasn't a jerk to him or anything, but... But he was very much like, oh, I wonder where my seat is. Well, gee, it's not... He was alone. At Kingsman? No, he was not alone. He was with two other people, and they were all in the wrong seats. Anyway, go ahead. Moving on. I mean, I remember one time I was that person, but it was for Gangster Squad. 
in really bad seats. Like, I know it's going to go to that. So I just kind of like, I forget why I didn't have my ticket or I couldn't find it. King's Mapsis, the Synopcrit Serpsis. <laughs> Some words are all. 1997, the year England invaded Afghanistan. CG and sand explodes slowly. The music's all. This song's from the decade before this flashback. Some British spies in wetsuits walk into a room carrying shoes with darts sticking out of them. One's all. A chair, look out! He dives onto the chair and stops moving. Since this signals the end of their mission, one by one, all the other guys take their masks off. Their anonymity's no longer relevant. Outside the battle noises stop respectfully. Colin Firth's all. Damn, I didn't see that chair. This was exclusively my fault. He looks at another guy and goes, I guess since that guy's dead, your training's over. That's how you ignore chairs, by the way. Welcome to the King's Speechman. Name's Firth. He flies back to England and gives the chair guy's widow a medal. And he goes, By the way, your husband was a spy. He died doing what he loved. Being on top of another man, motionless on a chair that I forgot to see. She's all, No! I can't fuck a medal! She begins sobbing. Trust me on this. Nothing happens for 20 years, including Colin Firth aging. Some words types. <laughs> hey, Kelly, watch your mic noise. There's a Sorry, little... I got a cable swinging into it. Uh, there's a little bit of clicking going on, so be careful. Ah. Here, I'll sit better. That, 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 was the, that was the other line from Prometheus. Uh, sit better. <laughs> Are you making... Look, I'm telling you, that head said it. I know what I saw. Uh, I know. I believe you. Some words type Sweden, Switzerland. A spy at a ski lodge comes into a room where Mark Hamill's tied to a different chair and goes... Oh, did you know that was him? Oh, fuck. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Did you not know? No, I didn't know even afterward until we were driving home and Tom said, Hey, I noticed in the credits that was Mark Hamill. I was like, Mark who? (laughs) I had no idea. I had no clue. He's Luke Skywalker. He's easy to spot for me. Right. I had no... But I was thinking, I go, no wow, idea. he's fat in this. And this is... He's made Star Wars like in the same time period. So this is what he's going to look like. In well, I hear my kid talking about him all the time because he does so much voiceover. Right, and right. and my kid loves looking up actors and cast lists and says like you know and, and of course I've got a Star Wars post I was like Mark Hamill Mark Hamill's in this movie uh, or in this television show I'm watching so uh, I had no idea that was him I'm I'm totally I, I my Star Wars credit is totally blown I had no idea anyway go ahead I apologize go ahead Kelly Wand Kiernan knows him from Corvette Summer I'm assuming yeah obviously a spy in a ski lodge comes into a room where Mark Hamill's tied to a different chair from the other chair and goes, Don't worry, Professor Hamill. I'm a Kingsman. We're like the best spies in the entire... What the fuck? A doorbell just rang. Now I'm totally <laughs> rattled. A chick with legs made out of forks kicks him in half. <laughs> you like the action descriptions? I do. I've learned a lot from the IMDb. They've actually made me a better man. In an as good as it gets kind of way. The chick with legs made out of forks is like Jordana Brewster in Debs, but 18% Asian. The doorbell rings a bunch more times. Eventually, Jordana clanks over and opens the door. <laughs> Sam Jackson comes in. My seat rumbles appreciatively. Mark Hamill's all, ha ha, you were in the prequels. <laughs> Sam Jackson. <laughs> 
I see reunions in everything, Dingus. I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. You're making this so much better. Thank you. I thought of Taker Taylor. I thought of everything. Sam Jackson's all. It's great. I haven't killed Arthurian-themed pretty boy since Jumper. Is that him in the comics? <laughs> Mahal Ain hangs up a phone in his office, looks at Colin Firth, and goes, Damn, Operation Hamill's become incomprehensible. I'm afraid the agency now has an opening for a new Guinevere. How are we looking? I'll introduce a relatable main character. <laughs> That's Cockney, Dingus. I got you. From Christopher Guest, waiting for Gotham. Colin Firth saw, Well, the intimate of a chick I gave a medal to is 17 now. His father got blown up in a chair. Hopefully he has his old man's skill levels. We meet Eggsy, who's like an Ali G. Frank Whaley. <laughs> huh, Dingus. Because a dude's sleeping with and beating up his mom, and I guess had a baby buyer, Eggsy gets him back by stealing the guy's card doing donuts in front of him for 20 minutes while the dude shakes his fist. Then plays chicken with the police car in reverse. They trick him by him eventually crashing into them. Clickety-click. There. Okay, now. Thank you. Trying. Hey, okay, hang on. Here we go. The cops take Eggsy to an interrogation room, where Finchie from the office is all, All right, wise guy, give us the names of the two buddies of yours in the car with you who did crash into us to commit any crimes. Otherwise, we'll incarcerate you for 18 months. He's all, Fuck you. They're all right, just for that, we're leaving you the cell phone here. Now we're going to leave the room. After they leave, Eggsy realizes he's wearing a medal with a date on it. He calls a phone number I guess he knows somehow and goes, Oi! <laughs> Me dad got this medal for tripping over a chair in Afghanistan. I uh, have a bad warranty? The chick's all, sorry, love, those words are gibberish to me. He's all, everybody has a neighbor in Wisconsin. <laughs> She's all, Colin Firth will be with you in a diner shortly. I lean over to the stuffed dog sitting beside me and go, at least with bread and circuses, you get bread and circuses, although they don't go well together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so deep, they guess. That's what that clicking represents. Not bad mic technique. But a very large brain. My brain's too big for the headset. Colin Firth hangs out with Eggsy in a bar for a bit, but then Eggsy's stepdad and two friends show up to stand by their table and shake their fists. So Colin Firth gets up, goes goes over to the front door of the bar, shuts it, and goes, Mannerisms? He locks one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really long opsis, Dingus. I'm with you all the way, dude. So much coming. He goes, Mannerisms? He locks one door. Maketh, he locks the second door. Ma'am. He's out of doors by this point, so he unlocks a window. The bartender's all, hey, man, just go ahead and do whatever you want with my doors and windows there. (laughs) Colin Firth uses his umbrella handle to throw glass at people. (laughs) Eggsy's all, well, I haven't seen Colin Firth win this fight since the trailer. Colin first sets his watch to amnesia and then kills a bartender with a dart. (laughs) 
a watch dart. <laughs> Callback, I guess. No one will get it. Then he finishes the drink that's now already empty, I guess, from Exy, and goes, Sorry about that. I guess you could say I just had to let off a little steam. My chair rumbles. I look over at the rumble controls on the seat rest and go, It would be cool to give a bartender amnesia right before he wakes up to a bunch of dead bodies in his pub and a couple (laughs) of survivors who can bring him up to speed. (laughs) Great! Eggsy goes home where he uses parkour to run away from bullies, then jeers at them for their inability to jump down from bullies. (laughs) (laughs) You're a pie in my house. Losers. Colin Firth walks up to him and goes, You think getting around vertically is awesome? Eggsy's all, Whoa! Underground transport! That's not for the lower classes! Colin Firth's all, Yep, we call it a bullet train. Eggsy's all, I can't wait to see the gun. Does this train become pertinent later? My <laughs> Colin Firth's all, Now hop on in and get ready for some off screen travel. Hold on to your dick. No, your dick. They ride a train to the White House. <laughs> I knew you'd like this one. I was excited about it. Excited. <laughs> anyway, they're at the White House now, Dingus. Of course. The train took him there from his uh, fight at the bar where the train has a station. Colin Firth takes him to a dormitory full of good-looking teenagers. He's all, uh, so this is like Ender's Game, kind of. Although your name's a little different. His name's a little different. <laughs> Kids, as you all know, someone who works for us got cut half months ago, so one of you gets to take his or her place. Wish we could take all of you, but there's only one space at the table for three. <laughs> there's only space at the table for three. You know what? They're both fine. It's not round, either. Good luck. I guess your parents all think you're dead? He looks around for an exit. Eggsy steps up to the three bully kids and goes, Oi, my name's Eggsy, with a Y. Get the yoke? My seat rumbles. The bullies are all, ah, If you took the S out of your name, it'd be Eggy. That's embarrassing to you. One of the two blonde girls of the group saw, Ignore their cruel jibes, Eggsy. They're just class warfare enthusiasts. Wealth makes minor characters into dicks. I guess your mom wasn't compensated very well. I'm Foxy, but my name's Foxanne. He's all, actually, I was thinking about it, and Eggie is better. Those bullies were right. You hear that, mates? You were right! The bullies seethe and turn red with humiliation. Due to an explosion from Mark Hamill's jugular vein, Colin Firth gets a neck brace and a different haircut and a hospital bed. Meanwhile, back at Kingswards Academy, Eggsy wakes up in bed to find the room filling with water. He's all, Oi, guys, the room's filled with water. They're all, Yeah, all right, Eggsy. Twelfth time tonight. Fuck you. He's all, Yeah, maybe I'm dumb again. Everybody goes back to sleep. Eventually, they wake up drowning. Someone's all, Hey, everybody, I've got it. What's something that has air in them? They're all, Shower heads. <laughs> they all suck on shower heads, except for Eggsy, who gestures irritably that he doesn't need to breathe. He swims around. <laughs> He's quick-witted. Doesn't need to breathe, Dingus. He's smart, too smart. <laughs> Breathing's for idiots with shower heads that care about oxygen. That's their solution. 
Eggsy swims around till he sees a mirror, then snaps his fingers and starts punching it. <laughs> Few solid objects underwater, any match for a fist. Because <laughs> you can just get really good speed. You really can. You can get a really. The farther good... down you go, the stronger the human fist. Absolutely. It's more versatile. As the kids all flounder sputtering into the adjoining room in a glass-speckled tsunami, Stanley Tucci raises a clipboard and scribbles shit. He's all, good work, you guys figured out your first assignment, breaking that mirror. Stanley Tucci. Tingus. Tom. Uh, Sorry about the plumbing issue, by the way. That water wasn't actually part of the test. Uh, And your parents will be billed for those shower heads. Vandalism will not be tolerated. But it's too bad you all forgot the most important lesson. One of you was off screen till now. He nods at a drowned girl. Then he's all, okay, back to sleep. Also, we're giving y'all puppies. <laughs> the next morning, Aisy's all, hey, look, I named me puppy JB. Fox hands all, what's that stand for, Jordana Brewster? <laughs> no, JB's a musician married to Beyonce. He did that Linkin Park song. Tucci sighs and writes down spelling D minus. Eggsy points triumphantly at the clipboard and goes, Yes, B plus. <laughs> Come on, Dingus. Characterization. <laughs> Stanley Tucci forces. Stop saying t- Stanley Tucci. Stop, Stop saying Stanley Tucci. That's who that guy is. No, it is not. Stop it. Uh, Ed Louder. Forges Eggsy into the perfect assassin by making him parachute, shoot his dog, and get run over by a train. Although, like the drowned girl, all these turn out to be BS, designed only to ensure that he's ready to give his life for a whimsically heartless organization. Oh, God. Meanwhile, Colin Firth, or as Sam Jackson would call his character, Colin Firth. Because <laughs> he lisps. Yeah, I'm with you poses as himself and goes to Sam Jackson's house to ask him what his latest microchip does. They eat McDonald's together. If it was me, I'd just kill him, but I guess Colin Firth has a game plan. Sam Jackson. <laughs> Actually, they both know. It's implied they're both, they both want to kill each other. No one kills anybody. And McDonald's is the payoff. I got the McDonald's joke in time after time, but in Dark Shadows in this, I felt like I didn't get it. Sam Jackson's microchip, as he explains, secretly instantly teaches martial arts, but he tricks everyone on Earth into getting them surgically implanted in their jugular veins by saying on stage that it offers a competitive phone plan. He doesn't mention how much the surgery costs, but everybody on Earth undergoes it the next day. (laughs) Right? No. Look, whatever, Dingus. I don't have time for your bullshit right now. I'm trying to describe a plot. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But it's not a movie I saw. I'm just telling you Days now. Go. <laughs> go ahead. No! That's what happens. No, it is not. But go ahead. <laughs> anyway, whatever Dingus is gibbering about. <laughs> having utterly failed to prevent Sam Jackson's plot from coming to fruition, Colin Firth decides to take some time off and goes to church in Kentucky. <laughs> See, I was paying attention. Yep. The minister's all nigga Jew faggot amen. Colin Kurth gets Colin Kurth gets up to leave. 
A woman near him cares. She grabs his arm and goes, Hey, where are you going? The end of his sermon's work gets really good. A black dude's all, Yeah, apparently manna used to mean bread. But Colin Firth says something witty, so she lets go of his hand. Outside, Sam Jackson raises a remote control, points its antenna at the church, then sets the dial to free-for-all versus Colin Firth. Music plays while Colin Firth kills redneck families. Then he goes outside where Sam Jackson's standing. He's all, I didn't even have a microchip and still went crazy and killed people. Even though I would have done it anyway, I guess. The weird part is I'm totally saying that, but not attacking you. Sam Jackson's all, this isn't that kind of movie. He pulls out a gun and eventually shoots him. Although the shooting takes place off-screen for us, Eggsy and Stanley Tucci are both watching it on laptops also off-screen. I mean, uh, Reggie Bannister. Dingus, sorry. Yeah, Tucci. Hey. They and my rumble seat get pretty choked up, although more for Firth than the hundreds of church people. It's always sad and unexpected when a spy gets shot. He <laughs> uh, gets shot in Tinker Tailor, huh? Dingus, people cry during that, too. That's spoiler alert. Eggsy goes to Michael Caine's office and goes, No! Michael hmm? Caine pours poison into a glass and nothing into a second glass. Then he turns <laughs> so Eggsy can see his ex. <laughs> nothing into a second glass. Eggsy's all, You're a traitor? The spy agency seems way too stupid for Sam Jackson to even need one. Michael Caine's all. Not only did Mr. Jackson make a speech about humanity being a virus, something I've always believed ever since I joined the Secret Service, but he also sent me McDonald's. Finally, someone who gets me. Cheers. He raises the glass and drinks the poison. Then he's all, oh, wait. And then he dies. <laughs> Eggsby's all, ha, only my first week in the field. I'm already smarter than the CEO of the only spy organization in this mythos. Fuck yeah. Now to find some colleagues without neck scars. Stanley Tucci and Fox Sand come in. Tucci's all, Well, kids, I guess it's up to just us. Not sure what happened to all our other agents, but it's probably wisest to write them off. My neck scars are unrelated to the plot, by the way. Meanwhile, in a mountain bunker, Sam Jackson gawks at billionaires through a window and goes, What the fuck's wrong with them motherfuckers? what he's doing uh you're, yeah i i agree jordana brewster's all you're an insane murderer then they forgot about that till just now after champagne was poured they forgot about that till just now after champagne was poured sam jackson grabs a nearby microphone and goes hey billionaire when you read Noah's ark with Noah the bad guy they're all well movie it's babies <laughs> sam jackson's all with God the bad guy? They're all, oh, he drowned everybody. Sam Jackson's all, what about the animals? They're all, well, the raven bales. Sam Jackson's all, no, there is no bad guy in Noah's Ark. So bottoms up. He drinks and music starts playing. He's all, isn't this great, Jordana? Not only did we destroy the human race, but we also got rid of the Kingsman. She's all, oh, you mean the guy I sliced in half, the Colin Firth you shot in the head and the head of the agency you flipped because you bought a McDonald's? Yeah, thank God we got rid of those guys. Whew. Sam Jackson turns on his computer slash desktop percentile app and types in Rio. Everybody on a beach starts doing martial arts. Meanwhile, Eggsy's mom's on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> She's all, all right, Eggsy, I'll put me baby in the bathroom and slide the key under the door. But where have you been for six months? He's all, don't worry, Mom. 
the guy who trained Dad so well has been training me. He just got killed, though, by a Lisbon computer program who'd never fired a gun before. She's all, Hey, should I lock the axe in the bathroom, too? He shrugs and hangs up. Stanley Tucci's all, Okay, Chick Fred Heights, you get into this forklift attached to these inflatable testicles and go up into space and look for a satellite. When you find one that looks like Sam Jackson, shoot it with this non-guided rocket launcher. Eggsy, you'll be on gunfighting detail. People around the world are dying every second, so put on this suit. Boxy's all, wait, what? Stanley Tucci's all, rape them with love and they take a mile. Also, there's no air in space, so your balloons might pop. But try to shoot the satellite before you plummet, because that might throw off your aim. Meanwhile, I'll build a plane and fly it into Sam Jackson's hideout. I'll tell his air traffic controllers Eggsy here's a billionaire. Hopefully they don't ask for credentials. Foxy's all. What if Sam Jackson has a friend with another satellite? My chair rumbles with annoyance at her impertinence. Foxy drifts into space. Tucci figures out which mountain Sam Jackson's in and parks the plane inside it. Eggsy opens an umbrella and gets out. A bunch of stuff in a corridor happens. Eventually, (laughs) Eggsy... (laughs) It happens, it happens. Eventually, Eggsy finds a prison cell where he tries to extort sex from an imprisoned dignitary who's been kept there for weeks. She's all in English. Well, I've never seen you before, but if you get me out of here, I'll just stay in here and have anal sex with you. Eggsy takes on guards who shoot huge holes in his umbrella, but he survives by looking confused. Then he beats Jordana Brewster by blocking her blades with his coat sleeves. And also her forgetting to attack him while he's gloating about the CG poison we're with during slow motion crisscross jump number 38. Then he throws a harpoon through Sam Jackson, which turns off his computer and makes everyone in Rio forget martial arts. Eggsy's mom puts down the axe, hugs the baby, and goes, Mommy would never hurt you intentionally, unless you can't marry your dad. Assuming the baby and Foxy are fine, Eggsy goes back to the prison cell with the Danish chick in it, ignoring the pleas for water issuing from all the neighboring cells. The Danish chick now has lingerie on. She's all, oh yeah, did you save the world yet? He's all, actually, Sam Jackson was trying to save the world from us. She's all, good enough for me. She spreads her ass cheeks. Uh, that happened. Yeah, it did. Eggsy's all, hey Tucci, I can't open the door. Stanley Tucci's all, oh, sorry. The cell door opens as my seat rumbles. As Eggsy inserts his penis, he's all, Hey, Tucci, you can watch me do this if you want. The Prime Minister of Denmark doesn't care. But Tucci's all, mm. and seals his plane's laptop his <laughs> cupboards. A newspaper's all, anal sex saves world from black man's electronics. My chair is dead silent. The end. I, I like that uh, his, uh, that Mark Strong, not Stanley Tucci's last thing was, eh. And then he seals his computer up. Wait, who's the guy in Ed Wood who played the dentist? I have no idea, and nor do I care. Mark Strong is in this movie, and he's fucking amazing. So stop saying Stanley Tucci, you jerk. He's amazing. He's great in this. God damn it. He's great in everything. I I watch Mark Strong. Mark Strong is universally. I, I I would... I love him in any role like this. And I would love him in any larger role, but he's great in this. What are you talking about, Stanley Tucci, you jerk? It's possible I liked this movie more than you did. Well, how did you feel about it? I think I liked it okay, because after Fifty Shades of Grey and Jupiter Ascending, I at least felt like I was in a movie. 
Ah, that's a very good way to put it, yeah. So my bar's really low. Um, but And I'll definitely take it over Black Hat, and I didn't mind the kid. I'll take oh, him let's for uh, let's let's start talking. Let's start by talking about him because I was most most surprised about him. Yeah, so, he didn't he didn't bother me. So this is this is a kid named Taylor Ed- Edgerton. Um, I, I you know as we left the movie, I, I have no idea what this kid is so, or who he is, and I was really not looking forward to this part of it because I haven't watched any of the trailers, and. Um, what I have seen of the trailers, it looks like there's just some Hollywood cute boy plugged into the movie. And then I close my eyes during the trailers, and I don't watch them because I'm, I'm a freak. Um, but I had no idea. I mean, it just looked like another like Hollywood pretty boy that they're trying to push forward or some Australian kid. Uh, I had no idea who he was, and I, and I was really quite surprised by him. And on the way home from the movie, Tom said, I, I'm just betting you that he's some kid from – British TV, and it turns out I think that, it, that that's what he is. But, oh, so he's not related to the Edgertons? No, no, no. Edgertons have a D in their name. This guy just is. Uh, the reason I'm having trouble with his name is it, it's spelled E G E R T O N. It's not Edgerton. It's it looks like Egerton. It looks like Egert or Egerton or Egerton. I don't know how. To, I'm. I apologize. I don't know quite how to pronounce it. But he's not related to 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 Joel Edgerton or Nash. Um, this is a different kid. And so he's the same name as the character. Which is weird too. Yeah, he's got this. Uh, well, the character's name is different, but he he's called Eggy for some re- or Eggsy for some reason, which I don't quite get, because because it's Gary uh, Gary something or other, and they call him Edge Eggsy. And then, you know, at the beginning of the movie, I was really confused because I thought that he was saying his name was Exy, as in E X E E, like Exy. My name is Exy. And then he gets into the barracks, and he's like, "My name's Exy," and she's like, "Exy," and the guys are like, "Eggy, Exy, Eggy, Eggy, Exy." Uh, and I didn't quite get the whole joking about his name, um, but yeah, the the character, the 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 actor's name is Taylor Eckerton. Uh, so, what did you think of that guy? I think he pulled a Chris Pratt because the character could have been really douchey, and I think the tone of the movie is way off mostly, and most of the characters don't make any sense to me. But his kind of did, and he sort of comes out looking not bad. Like he seemed like a he seemed like a believable character. Well, what do, what do you mean by that? Because I, I I'm fascinated by the fact that you think that the tone of the movie is mostly off and most of the other characters don't work. Why do you? It's all over the map. Like, well, well really... just, let's focus on him for a minute. Why do you think his tone works? Um, I think he's just at the right volume, and I think he actually is get to sh- he gets to be he gets to do things that are cool, and he doesn't seem full of himself, and he makes a lot of he makes like all this. Most of his judgments in the movie are sound. He doesn't kill his dog. <laughs> that makes me like him. All right. He kind of always does the. He's not a pussy. Um, he's. I think the parkour is the one thing because I don't think it really had a payoff per se. Well, it's not. It's a. It's a joke. It's a James Bond joke. Yeah. That's. See, I don't like that. That's what uh, that's what kind of brought down the guest too. It's like when it starts doing jokes, but it already has right. better characters than the movie realizes. Uh, yeah, I see some connective tissue between this and the guest as well. Yeah. But and it's like I like Eggsy too much to be like I'm kind of now I'm sort of invested in his fate. So you like the character? How do you uh, and both? And, and I like the, the actor. Yeah, because I it's not easy to do that and. 
I think a lot of things in the movie weren't working, and so the fact he the fact that he's sort of constant through it, and he, and I'd seen the trailers too, and I go, he seems like he's supposed to be an annoying character, but they don't know it. Um, but when I saw the finished product, it doesn't. It's not really long. like he's kind of the voice of reason, generally, isn't he? <laughs> I I like I said, I'd never seen him before, so I thought maybe he's someone I've seen and I don't recognize because I didn't even know his name after the movie. I just kind of fell into it. I try not to see that's where I'm different from you though, because you're really you want to know who you've seen before, but I kind of like the less you know about an actor, the easier it is to kind of like buy them in the part, sort of. Yeah. Like you should always have unknowns wherever possible. Um, and so I kind of liked him on that level. But I didn't know who Chris Pratt was either going into Guardians of the Galaxy. So maybe that. Uh, I knew who Chris Pratt was, and I wasn't expecting that performance out of him and how they worked it. So that was one of the wonderful surprises of Guardians is that he works so well as that yeah. hero. But it's not a surprise that he has that sense of humor. Right. But Guardians of the Galaxy kind of works like that tone. I guess it goes by how whether I get the jokes or not. <laughs> like, okay. And I felt like in Kingsman there were jokes I wasn't getting or something. Well, the thing that I really like about this this actor, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know who the heck he was, and what I was expecting was this standard, like, um, lesser American television network actor that they're going to try to thrust upon us, like yeah, somebody sure. who who's been on the OC or some like cable television show that everybody in Hollywood decides this is going to be your next star. And that's what I came uh, when he showed up. That's what I was expecting to happen. But he, he instead, he stays in that same, uh, in that like same character. I mean, you know what he reminded me of? This is going to sound really weird and, and kind of, probably kind of stupid. Um, but, he reminds me of a character who might have appeared in Fish Tank. I mean, he he yeah. has yeah. he has a little bit of an edge to him. He's he's got like it, sort of that yeah. He's he's got like the way he's wearing his clothes, the way he's wearing himself, and his and his sort of like defensiveness, his bristliness, his his sort of like feeling of anger. I mean, it feels like some some kid who was in Fish Tank who kind of gets to make good and what i like about this movie and what i like about what he gets to do with the part is that he never breaks out of that until the very end of the movie and and that's one of the things i hate about having watched the trailer after watching the movie is that 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 is that is such a reveal it's so wonderful to watch him get into a suit and try to assume that character and he does it pretty well but he never wears the suit as well as well as Colin Firth does and that's a that's on purpose uh, and i love the way he's constantly got his hat got his shoes he's got his like his his overall demeanor is this this street kid and and he never i don't think he ever really loses that i mean he refines it at the end but i love i really love this performance and it's one of the things i find most charming about this movie is that they didn't plug in some tv actor who couldn't handle it and then just make him pretty i mean yeah, he's not he's not pretty too. what'd you say they kept him british it's a very american feeling movie like the the jokes are really kind of on the head all right, yeah. Slowly. But he, like, they didn't change him. Like, he's still, a, like, a British street youth. 
Right, and that's that's kind of why I say that still admittedly ridiculous fish tank thing is that, and this is obviously more sitcom removed from fish tank, but um, but I I just love the way he he gets to play the part throughout, and I really like the way he does it. I think he's really really good in this movie. Um, and so, make- go ahead. Well, I mean, if it's a setup for a franchise about how what an awesome spy he is, I think the movie's not as good at setting up the mythos of the Kingsman or giving him an adversary who's challenging. Oh, good lord! I hope it's not a setup for a franchise. I mean, this is to be, this right? is paper thin, uh, and and it's fine for what it is. I mean, I really, really liked it, but good lord, I would not want to, want to watch another one of these. I mean, this well, is not only are they planning it, but they want. The director said, "Yeah, you know, I think I figured out a way to bring Colin Firth back too." Well, I, 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 he can figure out whatever he wants, but it's not going to make enough movie to make a franchise and make make enough money to make a franchise. I'm sorry to say, I mean, this is not a franchise movie. I mean, it's very nice to say it's an origin story of its kind, but there's not enough here. I mean, there's barely it's enough also, here to make this movie. I mean, yeah. this is, th- I really, really liked this, but, but there, but. I mean, come on. Uh, let's not do a franchise out of this, please. Uh, it's also – the thing I don't like about it – like I kind of didn't mind it while I was watching it. But like the James Bond movies, like even the 60s ones, are subtler than this movie. Like when he's closing the door. What do you mean by that? Okay, like in the Colin Firth scene in the bar when he's all manners. And then it's like the music's already telling me – like it's telegraphic. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's just a music thing, but like in James Bond movies, never do that. Like everything's sort of edited a certain way. Like well, Sky James Bond, movies, James Bond, a pretty silly music, right? But this movie's making references to those, but it's not transcending them. It's not going, all right. This it being, it's. Well, you're right. It's not transcending them. It's 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 trying to do. I mean, and this this is one of the things. It's it's trying to. I think it's trying to straddle the line between right. homage. homage and I don't know some sort of. Not satire, but poking fun at. Uh, I don't think it succeeds necessarily, but I like what it's trying to do for homage. But you're absolutely right; it doesn't top them. I don't think it ever does that. Yeah. It makes it makes fun of them. It, it it actually actually does what it shouldn't do. I think is that it actually says blatantly, "Oh, it's like the Bond movies where they did that and this and that." Um, There's I getting think- smart jokes even. Yeah, I think that's kind of a mistake and obvious. I think that's uh, that's an example of a writer being a little bit lazy. Um, I think it's amusing. I mean, it's amusing to sit there as a film goer and go, ha ha, he made a James Bond joke. Oh, and he just said James Bond's name. Um, I think it's better to try and to... And What'd you say? And Borns, he says that too. So he invokes two other tentpole franchises, spy movies. Oh boy, yeah. They make a they make Stop. a James Bond joke, a Bourne joke, and then they cap it off with a, a joke about um, Kevin ba- uh, of uh, what's his name in Twenty Four, um, Jack Bauer, yeah. Jack Bauer. Um, so yeah, they make they make those three jokes, but but I think it's it's sort of the uh, the uh, I don't know the hiding place of of a kind of a lazy writer just to make cultural references and and not really and not follow those cultural references down i mean it, this movie tries to do it and i and i really like what the movie is trying to do and i i find it thoroughly enjoyable to watch but when you get to the point where the where where the two where the villain and the the hero are going remember those james bond movies oh they always rely upon a good villain 
are you a good villain? I don't know. I mean, once they once they reference the movie, they're trying to do an homage to. I, I, I think they just. I think that this is sort of a uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a hallmark of what uh, of what Matthew Wan does is is that he can't trust us to get the joke, and then he has to say it over and over again. And I really, I really resent that as a moviegoer because there's a couple moments in this movie where where a joke happens, and I'm like, oh, I got that joke, and then they double around and they tell me yeah. the joke. Remember? I'm like, God damn it, I got the joke. Why can't you fucking just trust me to get the joke and not tell me what the joke was? I can't fucking stand it when they do that yeah um and i you know i get the big mac and the mcdonald's thing product placement ha 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 and then he goes out and says thanks for the happy meal and i want to punch somebody in the face yeah. i mean come on guys That's not a punchline. That's we got the joke you already made the joke the punchline has been laid don't there's no such thing as a double punchline this isn't even time for a callback yet so uh, that kind of th- – I mean, and again, I There's really a lot like of this that. movie. There, there, you're right. There's a lot of that. So uh, we'll, we'll go back again. You, you said that the tone is all over the place. So I don't necessarily agree with that, but I want to hear what you have to say. Well, Colin Firth goes to a church um, and then kills everybody in it and then comes out and he's all, oh, you made me do that. I didn't want to do that. That was your microchip doing it and then Sam Jackson shoots him in the head and then we're supposed to be really bummed and then everyone's watching it on screens I don't like there was a music video of him killing all these people I thought I was supposed to enjoy that so within seconds I'm supposed to go oh wait that was a terrible tragedy Colin Firth now feels he's he no longer has free will I don't what's happening I don't know why that uh, I'll, I'll take what funny I'll tell you exactly what I think is happening there. It's sanitized. Yes. Um, I think it's uh, – I honestly think um, – I hate to say this, but I, I think it's uh, – I think it's Matthew Vaughn trying to make up for not doing the last X-Men movie, honestly. Um, you know, he did X-Men First Class. Uh, he decided not to do X Men: Days of Future Past or whatever the whatever that's called, Forever and Allies, um, and he's decided to do this as well instead. Um, the the main thing about the last X Men movie that worked is the Quicksilver bit, which is that time in a bottle, uh, which is this slow motion, old music weirdly violent but not too violent kind of a thing and i think matthew vaughn is trying to do that with this um and what's what does he do Freebird. um yeah he he, he grafts the song which doesn't make any sense for the scene i mean or least, the character or the character it has nothing to do with the scene it's just cute um and then they just do this whole we're going to do this weird sort of slow motion, speed motion, uh, violent thing with a song that doesn't quite fit. I, I think I really think it's his way of trying to make a Quicksilver sequence. And uh, I don't think it works. Um, but it's not – the Quicksilver part, they're – like we're, we want – we're rooting for him to do that and do that. Like that's – it's the one part of the movie that's actually fun. And I'm not saying they're thematically. I, I'm just saying they're sty- – I'm, I'm saying like he's trying – He's trying to create a stylistic equivalent. Arbitrarily. Um, yeah. Out of, out of I, poorly fitting 
components. But I, I think there's plenty of moments in Bond films where James Bond shows up in some weird situation, and you're like, why are you there? Um, and <laughs> Sure. And, and, and I, 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 I kind of like that, but but the problem with this movie is that they keep just pointing at it and going, see what we're doing? See, see, see what we're doing? Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I love the absurdity of it. I love that all of a sudden James Bond is teleported into Kentucky and he's in this weird, hyper-violent church sequence. I like the idea of it. Yeah. I, just, I just don't think the execution works. And I think I, I see through what Matthew Vaughn is trying to do. Uh, and I just... I think it's a little embarrassing. Well, then it's a setup for that guy's death scene. So then it's like, just as you're starting to enjoy yourself. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of speed bumps in this movie. I just never, I, as much as I, I really, again, I have to say, I like this movie a lot, but watching a bunch of people get massacred, massacred in a church because of some maniac doesn't, I don't enjoy that. There's no. I don't. I don't mind it, but it's definitely not. These aren't people that I wanted. That I'm invested in seeing them die. Like, oh, it's finally payback for them. They're all they're all innocent people, and they're they're all the victim of. But they've been set up as Miller Jackson because he's minister, so it's okay. But he's there. Oh, they're all hateful. All right, right. Uh, I mean, it still makes Colin. It's it comes at Colin first character's expense. Like he's now walked into a trap stupidly again. Yeah, and I don't get any. I don't get any reason why that is. But I, but again, I understand that you can you can kind of excuse it for the homage or the overarching joke of, you know, James Bond finds himself in all manner of weird situations. Usually, he's not in a tuxedo at the time, but that's kind of a funny little. little We've bit already that, seen it. We've already seen them do it in the bar. So now he's in a different room. It's the same fucking thing, but with more people that we also. Don't. Yeah, I, yeah, it, more civilians. That's another thing. The bar too. It's like the one has a gun, and then he, but he sets the amnesia thing to the bartender. It's just a shootout. I don't understand anything. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, it, I mean, is the source material? I mean, I have no like, idea about the source I material. Like uh, what did you say about Kickass? Well, it's the same guy who did Kickass comics. Yeah, well, it's also the and same the director movie. of the movie. Right. So it should be it should just be like a carbon copy of Kickass, maybe. Well, there's certainly some connective tissue. I mean, how do you feel about that whole uh, mother about to kill her kid thing? Uh, I find it perplexing in another example that I was talking about. Right. Because she's also getting beaten up, but she's also like she's oh, she abused. Yeah. Right. Okay, but she had a baby with that guy, or was it a different guy? And. I couldn't even tell you, but the the fact that we've got this sort of shining, I'm breaking through the bathroom door to kill my baby moment. And then she uh, doesn't care afterwards, like, or uh, axe jar. Like, she doesn't even know what happened. Isn't she a little worried? I, I think... I just went nuts. I think Mark Millard doesn't understand um, how important uh, babies and women are. I, I, I honestly think... <laughs> As he does because he uses them as the crutch of that. Like we're he supposed is, to worry. Oh my god! He, he uses them as props and crutches, and uh, and this woman is about to kill her baby. But this is just a. I mean, you can make a joke about anything. I don't care. Sure. If if you know how to carry the joke. But it's not a joke. I just think that this writer doesn't understand how how to use that. I think he's just an immature writer who constantly is throwing forward boys who become superheroes and 
we'll just you know throw women under a train every single chance we get. Yeah, I know he he kind of fucks over Roxy. I was kind of hoping they'd get they'd hook up. Yeah, what well, what the Roxy fuck? Roxy gets screwed that? over. I don't know, and I liked it. I was kind of liked the, the Roxy's character. The, what what good? What were you gonna say? We'll just have, I think we're just gonna say the same thing. No, you go ahead. I thought, well, I think part of me was a little bummed he didn't hook up with Roxy. Like, I thought that was where the movie was going. And I go, oh, I can at least, that makes sense to me. Or a friendship or something. But I don't know. She kind of doesn't really, she gets sidelined even during the final sequence. Yeah, what is, she's the, she's the badass who, who fucking. Right. She, she makes it through. She's the, she's the Marine. She beats him. She's the one who makes it through the whole thing. And what does she get to do at the end? Uh, take ride a hot air balloon into space and shoot at something and then fall down satellite and then, and then call mom and then right. call the mom and say hey watch out for your baby it's like uh when what she gets to do is ride two giant testicles into space and then right. fall back down to earth i know and that's what they do with the woman in this in this movie yep. i mean she's the badass she's the badass who beat everybody else and what she gets to do is ride a ball sack into space, fall down to earth, and then call and say, hey, lock the door so you don't kill your baby. That's what she gets to do. That's what they do. Raped with love. Well done, Matt. That's awesome. That's a really good job. <laughs> See, we both, okay, we both liked Edge of Tomorrow, and Tom didn't, and we both thought he was kind of nuts when he was like, oh, I was sickened by how they sidelined, what's the girl's name? What's that? In Edge of Tomorrow. That actress. Uh, jeez, Emily or, Blunt. Emily Blunt, thank you. Oh, it's like she gets, she's supposed to be the badass. She gets sidelined, and I was, and we both thought he was like, all right, dude, it's not, it's Tom Cruise movie, so what are you going to do? But in this, Roxy's setup is kind of an interesting character. Like, well, there's no could, reason for this. I, I don't know, I don't know this, this fuck. I mean, part of the reason that I like this movie so much is I'm so pleasantly surprised by that actor who plays. Yeah, him too. But without him, picture the movie. But it's, but she might as well have played Exy, and that's fine with me. But but if she's going to be the winner of that whole contest, then have her do something kick-ass instead of flying into space and then falling to Earth. I mean, Jesus. And and I and, and you know I guess more than talk about this, the more I I get uh, upset about little things like that. I don't know. Well, uh, so, Cut. This this is I think it's one of the movies where I kind of felt the way you did when I but when I saw it. But then it's like writing the opposite rule. I start suddenly, suddenly every plot, every and plot. and this is why when some when I leave a movie and somebody says what you think, I never answer, because I want to write first so I can figure out what I think because yeah. I actually change my mind, um, or not change my mind. I form. No, my- yeah, well, and just think about because like Birdman, remember I was that keen on Birdman right after we saw it, but I didn't trust my own reaction because I saw it was just a splitting headache. And then when I uh, so, where do you stand on Samuel Jackson? Is he supposed to be an? I mean, he, okay, so he can't fight, so he's actually lamer than he is in Jumper, where he's supposed to be a badass. Um, it reminded me of the RoboCop. Uh, oh, part, where wow! Back, I didn't even think about that. Oh, good. Okay. He just shows up on a screen periodically and says some stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of like a Bond. Guess, but he has only one employee. How? What? What kind of villain? I mean, uh, he reminded me more of his role in Unbreakable, of what they were trying to go for. Uh, Yeah. uh, He's. Yeah, he is like Mr. Glass. He's squeamish. He's. But he at least has a side. Right. But he has like his a badass sidekick. 
like, and what, like what is job. that lisp? It, it, it's like he just show, it showed up on set and said, I'm going to do this. And See, then that they had to go, okay. Where you do a Chigur, an Anton Chigurh, and you go, oh, he has a lisp, but he's also like super ruthless or something. Like It's the lisp. It makes his opponents underestimate him, but he has the lisp because his face came off one time or something. How is that super. Anton Chigurh? Explain what you're talking well, about. Well, Anton Chigurh has like a page boy haircut, and you're like, and he has a cattle gun, and you're like, Okay, well, we don't, have, we don't have to worry about anybody with a page boy and a cattle gun. But he also, but he makes it work for him. He's very efficient. So we're, we can just go by his track record. But like Sam Jackson has a lisp and likes McDonald's, but unless you count him hiring a chick with forks for legs, like all we know about him, he's a good, he's a billionaire, which doesn't impress me. And he can computerize chips something what i have no idea what he's none of that's interesting but like but that's what it's like the simon says thing is like crazed arm deal arms dealer and like something i like and hate at the same time about kingsman is like at the beginning okay eggsy's dad dies kind of perfunctorily but okay so it's super lazily but like they don't bother to go by the way sam jackson did it like they don't waste our time with just the other obligatory. <laughs> they leave that out. Like, all right, we're getting a, a mom with an axe and a baby in a bathroom. In place of that, but we've set Sam Jackson up enough with lists. We don't need to add. Oh, you know that's a really good point, actually. Like you can cross that one off the because it's always it's in every movie ever. I don't know. I think I think they're to Robocop. I think they're almost doing – I think that as an excuse, and this is me really bending my brain around to try to justify a movie I like because uh, I do you – know, and I, I like this movie and I and I think – I don't hate it. I think what they're trying to do, what they could be, and, and, and maybe I'm overthinking it. Is you know they have that 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 segment where they're sitting there over their their private dinner of Big Macs, um, where they're talking about uh, a, a Bond movie is only as good as its villain. Right. And I think I think that since this movie thinks it's being a send up, but it doesn't understand the the difference between a send up and an homage. Um, it's it's trying. It might be trying to give you a crappy villain that thinks it's a good villain as a way of being part of the send-up so he's not a perfect villain he's like an idiot he's an idiot exactly like well yeah which was you know, 20 years ago so this is like awesome powers without the jokes all right good yeah you, uh, you all you had to say was dr evil and you and you were you're you pretty much covered the paragraph i was about to say so yeah but I just think that that choice, to me, it just seems like the list, the, the lisp thing is just so. I mean, it just seems like something. It's just so. It feels lazy. It feels like, you know, do you, it's not you compensating ever, for anything. Did you ever see the movie Missouri Breaks? Missouri Breaks with Marlon Brando. Yeah. Yeah. Where Marlon Brando just showed up on set in, in his dress and he said, "This is how I'm going to play the character." <laughs> I don't remember how he was in it. And and the director's like, uh, well, you're Marlon Brando, so okay, if you're going right. to be in a dress. And he's in a western, and he just showed up in a dress, and it, and it yeah. kind of feel Lots and it kind of feels like uh, Samuel Jackson just showed up and said, "This is how I'm going to talk like this." Is that okay? And then they're like, 
you're Samuel Jackson, I guess so? Uh, we don't know that. I, I, mean, there's a lot I, I don't know that. I, I absolutely don't know that, but I can't, I can't, I, I don't know what else to do with that choice. Yeah, well, I've been trying to think of other Sam Jackson performances that I would put in that category, and I can't really think of any, like, Lucas turned Mace Windu into that. I mean, I would assume he was given a list either because the character I'm just assuming that's either a source material thing or he was directed that way All so right. make a decision he's not Marlon Brando like Marlon Brando they didn't have a choice and it was Missouri Bray like I think for a big no no you're right they don't have a choice because he shows up on set out in Missouri or wherever yeah, they are and he would have fought that battle here he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants um, I mean he did fight the battle for snakes on a plane the title <laughs> but he was right, wasn't he? He was. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> he wasn't. I think, I think when it comes down to it, you're right. He was right. Um, I just think that that choice. I mean, I've I have i have played a character in a children's play that has that same, uh, the same almost the same exact vocal tick, uh, but that that character is on stage for thirty seconds, yeah. and and that's tolerable for that amount of time. Well, um, he's not on that. But this, this reminds me of. Um, Kiefer Sutherland in Dark City where he's doing this weird sort of like I'm gonna talk like this for the whole movie and I want to strangle him Um, you're gonna do that for the whole movie I would really like to smack you in the face I mean if it's if it's a a, if it's a cool little cameo and you're gonna come in and do this for a couple minutes that's fine but for a whole movie really that's what you're gonna do Honestly? Well, his other his other qualities are annoying too because he doesn't like violence. He kills off the the character we're supposed to like the most because he's the most. Well, that's cute. That whole like, oh, uh, is he dead? Well, yeah, that's what happens when you shoot somebody in the head. I mean, all his aversion to violence. That's a cute like comic book trope, I and mean, that's fine. Yeah, but, but it, as an adversary for a, an action movie. Um, yeah. All right. All right. But also too, it's like you go well. It's not his. It's not uh, Eggsy's arch nemesis. It's just like because not every James Bond villain was someone James Bond took that seriously. <laughs> uh, Scaramanga, yeah, yeah. Like it live and let die. It live and let die. He's very underwhelmed by uh, the other dude. And the guys like already had him. Like I'm gonna cut off your finger. Crocodiles like James Bond's like whatever. I come in easily. I absolutely love that characterization. Kelly wand that every James Bond movie villain is not somebody he took that seriously. Yeah, just like, fucking awesome. That's beautiful. He didn't seem to think much of Goldfinger either. And like, <laughs> I don't blame him because Goldfinger had a, a prisoner of a whole movie, and James was like, "All right, let's, I'll just get out again in another twenty minutes, fool." Oh, I love that so much. All right. That's a perfect way to, to transition into what our over and unders are. Um, what are we going to do for our under here, mister? I'll tell you what. I'll start. My, My under is better. Your, your under is definitely better. My under is a movie called MacGruber. What? Come on. How dare you? <laughs> That had a great villain, A. I know. I'm just doing that to mess with you. I, 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 I but I. Uh, you can say that if you really think that's true. Uh, I, I absolutely think it's true because I, I, I really, really, really liked Kingsman, and MacGruber just didn't work for me. I know it works for you and Tom, and you guys will make fun of me for that for the end of time. Uh, I just think that I think MacGruber has 
a couple better characters in it and a couple better actors in it. Um, but I liked Kingsman much more. So I would Rivers got really funny jokes in it. That's what I liked about it. Yeah, that's joke that's funny. Well, it's a it's a straight up send up. I right. mean, it's it's making fun. Um, this movie isn't quite doing that. Uh, but I enjoy, I enjoyed this movie far more than it. so I'm gonna put MacGruber's Banders. What's your under? I guess Johnny English that uh, Rowan Atkinson one. Oh my god! Yeah. I can't even imagine watching that. I can't stand Rowan Atkinson. I can't. I cannot. Wait, what I, about in Tall Guy? He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. But he's fine you because like Mr. he's intolerable. I I can't. I can't. No, I can't stand Mr. Bean. I can't what? watch that thing without pulling my hair out. It's terrible. What, the show or the movie? The movie with Peter McNichol? Or the show? The show, the character, the, the whole mugging, all that shit. I can't stand it. What about it. Black Adder? You don't like that? Oh, I never understood that. And I had friends who were crazy about that in college. Let's watch Black Adder. I, and I tried and I tried and I tried. And good lord, it's just... Inter- oh, God. Ugh. I can't stand that. I thought you like it because he's, he's a really uncomely man and he doesn't give a fuck and that to me that way I, I, I like comedians like that uh, I, I generally do too but I just Whatever. find Owen Atkinson to be just so muggy I can't excruciating it is it really is excruciating that's how Dave Cook was to me so it's like all right, fair enough. Yeah, but bro, watching Rowan Atkinson like do all of his, I I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. It makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I feel like he knows it's it's dumb. Like he's making oh, fun of himself and tall guy. He knows exactly. I, I I'm not saying he's not brilliant and knows exactly what. You're he's just doing. like no. It's just not to my taste. It's you know it's you know some fabrics don't work with you and that fabric. Good Lord, please don't touch me with that. It's I don't like him. I don't like Mr. Bean. I hate that fucking shit. Fuck that. See, it's like when we're talking about the people, like when they they keep shoehorning an actor at us, like, you're going to like Jaden Smith, damn it, until yeah. finally they go, all right, we give up. Right. Or like Taylor Lautner. Like, by that standard, like Rowan Atkinson, like, all right, here he comes again. Like, he's not... But I think that maybe that why is why I like him is because I endure all these Taylor Lautners and Kellen Lutzes. <laughs> like it's not even they're not even trying to be anything. Look, I'm not saying he's that talented. I'm just saying that he just doesn't. It just he just rubs me the wrong way. I just can't stand his brand of comedy. But if yeah. you were stuck in a room in an elevator with either him or Kellen and that and that's by the way, you're right. That's why he works in the tall guy. I mean, he, he absolutely works in the tall guy for that very reason. Because I, I would rather watch Jeff Goldblum in anything than watch Ron Atkinson in one thing, and that's the point of of casting him the way you cast him in the Tall Guy. Did you like Earth Girls Are Easy? Oh, I, I I like watching Jeff Goldblum do anything. Honestly, I just love the guy. I think he's I think he's got just a great. Uh, I love the way he reads lines. I think he's kind of, uh, if you'll excuse me, I think he's got this great sexy body way that he moves his hands <laughs> around. I love the way he uses his hands when he acts. Uh, I just think he's a he's a really interesting, uh, interesting actor to watch. No, I wasn't uh, making fun of him. I was just curious if you saw it. Yeah. Cause, uh, All right. So, what would you choose for your over for this particular movie of Kingsman that we saw? Uh, I think this is going to be a controversial choice, but I would take, I'd pick Men in Black 1. Um, wow. All right. Yeah, I think well, that movie... Hey, why I would know, you choose that? That's a fascinating choice. Go ahead. Because it's kind of a similar story arc. 
but it's got really good jokes in it, and I feel like it's kind of like The Matrix, where the only only the first one's good, and Tommy Lee Jones steals the movie. But I think Will Smith's really funny in that movie, and I think it's like the last time he ever had fun playing dumb. Like, you remember that shit where he's moving the table? The exam. Yeah. And there's so many great like lesser like third uh, not third story. Uh, ancillary characters in it, like Linda Fiorentino is this mortician. Is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in that? Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. No, he's in that one, and it's he's super, he's so great in that movie. His yeah. skin's falling off. It's awesome. And I think that I feel like Barry Sonnenfeld did two movies where he's basically the rich man's timber. Oh, I forgot that was Barry Sonnenfeld. Fuck. He made that, and it's a great movie. And I also think Adam's Family Values is really good, which was also Barry Sonnenfeld. Like, there's two movies that are really well written, like mid nineties. Boy, you know, it's interesting that you say that, and uh, boy, you really you really sort of perked my interest because um, in Men in Black, Men in Black didn't do it for me. It felt uh, what I described to it at the time, and I remember seeing it and talking to my mom about it. My mom really loves that movie. Uh, for me, Men in Black is like a laxative movie. It's like you <laughs> see it, you see it, and it goes out of your system, and you can't remember a thing about it the next day. Um, like a neuralizer. Yeah, exactly. Men in Black just passes right through. It's it might be interesting, it might be funny, but eh, you know, it's like watching a sitcom. I think I saw it again. Like it was on cable, and I go, oh, "Wait, this is kind of holding up." Will Smith's super retarded in a in a fun, in a cute way. Well, I didn't even think about those Later. aspects of it, and you make really a really good point. And I, I certainly am not going to go watch it again. I have no desire to see it again. But you bring up, you sort of stir up fond memories that I didn't realize were lingering there. Yeah, and it's just got weird. I like it's one of those movies that wasn't designed to be a big franchise hit movie, and then it became one, unfortunately. And then Will Smith's cool after that in the movies. And yeah, like it all, like it basically becomes Kingsman. Like it's all CG and fucking. Well, what what I wonder is that is the dogs. King, and I think you're right. I think Kingsman similar is, dog. Is, Kingsman is basically the same general level of movie. It's like. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and then you'll forget it the next day. Right. See, right. But I, I consider Men in Black's jokes funnier than Kingsman's jokes. All right. Like, I wish Kingsman had been that. Because Men in Black's got – it's just kind of jaunty. And um, I don't know. Remember when Fiorentino's like, hey, do you know what I do really late at night with the bodies? And she's like, oh, anyway, I can't tell you right now. Like, just that kind of stuff. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, I honestly don't. Now, and when you're talking about Kingsman jokes, I'm I'm thinking about the one joke that really pissed me off is, and and this is this is going to be super stupid of me to bring up, but since we talked about so much rape stuff last week, uh, they they actually have the audacity to make a Rahipnol joke in this movie, um, and I just think that's wait, which I don't remember it because I was on it when I saw the movie. Uh, in at the end. No, in Kingsman, when when they all have to go into a bar and try to hit on the same girl at the same time. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> I thought of you during that scene. The dude came up and said, uh, Rehypnol or something stronger. I'm like, really? You're going to make a date rape joke? Is yeah. that what you're going to do? See, and, and, and you know what? I don't care. I, I, I am not against a comedian or any other person making a joke about anything. Make a joke about anything. But make it work. But just to suddenly just come in and say, date rape drug joke haha and then run off i mean well i definitely agree you can make a joke about anything like i think 
you could it, make you a, can make a joke, joke about anything if you can make a joke right. about it. But that it, it, that's what you're talking about. Like this yeah. is a, it's what you just said. It's like someone just comes in and says that like that's a punchline. It's just like the McDonald's joke. If you yeah. just say it, it's presented as parody. But it's like right. That's and it. So, and so that that dovetails into what my over is. It has nothing to do with the style of this movie, but it has to do with a movie that I think completely understands how to how to make a movie that. That is an homage. And this is a movie called The Freshman. Um, <laughs> That's a good choice. The Freshman is this Matthew Broderick and uh, Marlon Brando movie uh, that is sort of doing an homage to The Godfather and a caper movie at the same time, but never actually saying the word Godfather. And, and in fact, they make pains not to. They... they they make it obvious that they're not going to say the words. Um, and I, I just love the way the freshman understands what kind of movie it is making a reference to without going over the line and without going under the line. I think the freshman perfectly hits the kind of movie it is trying to make. And I think um, while I really, really liked um, – geez, I can't even remember the movie. Wait, so Colin first the Brando of – Kingsman? Uh, well, no, no. James oh, Bond. Tap. James Bond is the godfather of it, and I they, they have to say James Bond so that we understand what the joke is. And oh, but they don't say. But in Freshman, they're like, you, they go into the and Marlon Brown is sitting there, and in the Matthew, suit, Matthew Broderick's character goes, "You are a," but he can't say it. They right. never say it. They trip on it. But the Godfather is, movie exists in that movie's movie. Yeah, and, and that's what the character thinks that he's tripping on. And then, of course, the that character is in a film class where they're studying the Godfather. And they're talking about the Godfather with a ridiculous film professor. It's like the uh, family where De Niro talks about good fellas. Yeah, well, exactly right, except done well. <laughs> right. I want to murder that scene. Uh, and, and I love that this... this ridiculous film professor is talking about this in that scene but once Matthew Broderick gets in the scene he can't say that stuff or talk about it with the person he thinks is the villain um, so I think that Freshman understands it much better than uh, than uh, Kingsman does although you know again I, I've said this 350 times I, I really did like the Kingsman it's so, weird. The other thing that's good about the Freshman is like not only is it Brando as the Godfather but it's Matthew Broderick in a Godfather movie. You think for a little bit, a little bit, like that's right. what's going to happen. Right. Um, All right, so let's fun. let's move on to our mini pity movie club of Palooza right now. Uh, this is a movie I chose to watch after we saw a movie last week, just a little movie called Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, and I decided <laughs> that we should have to watch a movie called Secretary. Uh, Kelly Wan, did you get a chance to see Secretary? I did. I watched it tonight, fresh off Secretary. All right. Uh, and you had seen it before, though, right? Yeah. All right. I've seen it and liked it, and I hadn't seen it in forever. And um, I was really stoked at getting to see it again right after Fifty Shades of Grey. But it also was maddening because you, you have – I mean, we already won the point anyway, but it's like – or you won your point anyway. It's like you can't watch Secretary and not think of Fifty Shades of Grey and go – if only they'd watched this movie and learned from it. Or this is what Fifty Shades of Grey could have been. Like, No, no. This is what Fifty Shades of Grey tried to be, it obviously. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I saw it a couple of years ago. 
thanks to uh, to Fire, who did a um, who oh, you used seen- it. I I'd seen it a couple years ago because she did it for a um, uh, one of our three by threes. I think it might have been about letters, um, and so I watched it then, and ah, then I watched good. it again on Friday night. Um, so, what do you think, Kelly? I love it. I love. I'd forgotten that she's sort of kind of like May in that movie, May a little bit. Like I kind of. Oh, I didn't think about that. Wow, that's a creepy thing to say. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'd only seen it once, and I kind of, I just remembered certain scenes and images from it, and I, I always liked James Spader, so he's kind of like a wash. Like I was just expect him to be good anyway, and so I just remember him being you know, good as usual. Yeah. But I'd forgotten that she's so young in it and like i i didn't really know like i'd only seen her in donnie darko prior to that it was like right after this was like right after donnie darko but way before dark Knight. so that was my only reference point for it so she's like kind of a kid in the movie she's real. she's really young playing young and someone who is you know she's come out of an institution right. her first job i think is the implication right I'd forgotten Jeremy Davies was even in the movie. Yeah, me too. It's such a it was such a pleasure to watch him. I yeah, love that he's guy. He's really so. int- yeah, he's an interesting dude. His thing with the fingers? That's such an interesting choice. <laughs> like just compare that to like the Sam Jackson lisp. Like the first time you go, all right, so that's the Sam Jackson character got it. But like Jeremy Davies it was kind of he was interesting enough to be in the movie more. Even. That's a good connection. Yeah, I like that. He's the high pot. He he can't win at this. Uh, it's such a great movie. It's really. I maybe want to learn more about its its origins um, because the Spader character is very like he's just very like you don't know much about him for for most of the movie. It's mostly negative. Uh, well, yeah, and I I really yeah I like that aspect as well because. One of my complaints about Fifty Shades of Grey is that that guy is such a cipher, yeah. and 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 he's just so such a simplistic, like yeah. oh he's an orphan and he's got yeah. this thing that is wrong with him, but and what about all the pathology and, and it's trying to count. The more you find out, the less you want to know. Yeah, exactly, and the opposite is true, yeah, of Secretary exactly. Ke- Kelly. You put it perfectly. You just put it perfectly. Yeah. The more you find out, the less you want to know. And about and about these characters, the more the more you find out, the more you want to know. Yeah, it's always suspicious. Always to be a red flag word is mysterious because I just done well projects I've worked on, but also in like descriptions of Fifty Shades of Grey, they always refer to him as mysterious. And it's like, well, how did you know what his character's name was? I'd forgotten, but it was funny, and it says Mister Grey a lot in at the end of like, his name is. Oh, good fucking lord. But Jill James didn't read it, obviously. Oh, good. Uh, she would have stolen from it better. His name is Mr. – he's Mr. Gray. Yeah. It's it's a movie about a, a woman who is learning to come into her own in a uh, BDSM relationship, and she's reading a book about it. And this other person, whoever she is – I'm not even going to say her name – creates a character – and names the person that she's learning from Mr. Gray. Honestly, are we supposed to believe that she doesn't that, that she has never heard of Secretary? No, I think it, that's possible. his name is Mr. Gray, yeah, and she but... names it Fifty Shades of Gray. I mean, fuck off! Right, right, but it's like this is, uh, there's so much crypt from this movie and poorly done. 
I mean, it's it's almost an insult to Secretary the movie to say that she stole from this movie because this movie gets so much right. Well, that's why I don't think she did. I think I'm actually. But his name is Mr. Gray. Yeah, but both of them are named thing. Mr. Gray. That's not an accident. No, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so Secretary has a bunch of good ideas in it. So it's like it has a ton of good ideas. Right, right. Well executed. Right, so it's like Fifty Shades of Grey has an intriguing title and no good ideas in it. Yeah, so, it has a title stolen from this movie. His name is Mr. Grey. Yeah, well, she's... Mr. Grey, we'll see you now. Yeah, right, right. So we she, already had that in okay. this movie, Secretary. Right, so she steals the old, like one thing from it, and then it makes it makes a billion. Like, she takes one idea out of 50 million, so like... That's how much lamer Fifty Shades of Grey is. Well, she doesn't know how to execute them because she's not a good writer. No, I mean, no, that's she, okay. she can't execute the the things that that uh, I can't even remember his name. It's Steven Shaneberg. I can't remember who wrote the screenplay. Um, but maybe Grey's just like a a default name for. No, it's not. Bosses. That's not a mistake. These... You can't have two movies about BDSM, both of them with a main character named Mr. Grey. And yeah, have that be a mistake. Be, That's not a mistake. Uh, well, but it started as Twilight fan fiction. So it's like, then she went, all right, I'll just steal the name from Secretary. But she I, I don't know. I, th I think that she she just was into this or whatever. I don't know. But that's not. How can that possibly be a mistake? And what I if I mistake. what if I make a movie about uh, some sort of you know some something happening in outer space and I name the character Skywalker? I mean, come yeah, on. Well, okay. So wait. So Star Wars has Star Destroyers that look just like the Dark Star ships. Like obviously, Lucas saw Dark Star. Well, that uh, there's two characters in BDSM movies named Mister Gray. Yeah, but. The Fifty Shades of Grey isn't a real movie. It's not even. It's like a, you're right. I totally agree with you. It's not a real movie. It doesn't. It's too. It's not worthy of being discussed in the same breath as Secretary. And and you're legitimizing it by complaining. You know what? You <laughs> just said. Stupid. You just said the perfect thing. You're absolutely. It was rich before that dumb movie. There's there's a ton of stuff I wanted to talk about in comparison, but you were absolutely right. I'm, well, no, go ahead. I don't mean it like that. I'm no, just, no, no. You're you're absolutely. Yeah, that's right. why I'm not as upset as you. Let me let me focus instead on what works about. I think it's just a funny, ironic, like, like she probably saw Secretary and just forgot that she remembered it. Kind of thing. Uh, I would like to pay her that compliment, but I was too dumb to. So I'll, I'll stop talking about Fifty Shades of Grey now. I won't. I won't talk about. The... She's like a gnat. Like Instead, I, I, I just lost. love. I love how her character, how Lee Holloway, um, is figuring out who she is in this movie. Yeah. How she's figuring out what she is, and and, and you know how it starts with her um, getting out of that institution. And how the tone of this movie has this weird – what do you think about the tone of Secretary? Because since it's we just great. talked about tone about Kingsman, what do you think about the tone of it? It even makes work that thing that we both talked about we don't like where it, there's like a – six months earlier, like after it, there's a tense yeah. opening shot. And you're like, wait, wait, keep going with that. I don't want to know how he – but this, just keep going. But it actually – it's all good. Like it never – it never jumps the shark. Secretary. Right. And I didn't, I didn't remember that part, and I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't remember that because uh, I think the wonderful thing about that, and this is something, um, something my girlfriend brought up when we were watching it, is the is the remarkable difference in her body language yeah. 
in that opening scene when she's walking in and her and the confidence with which she does all of those actions and then going back and seeing this when broken, she's all, yeah. yeah individual and how she emerges from that compare and that to the commitment from the 50 show okay well you're well, no, but but just watching the way Maggie Gyllenhaal emerges into that character and how she does it, I mean, it is really this beautiful uh, this 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 creature emerging from a cocoon. I mean, it's just so beautiful. Um, it's like under the skin, and that there's full frontal in it. But that's it's too big a movie to like. That's the the least of it. Like, there's so much more going on. Like, that's not even. Like the, oh. how you would sell that movie to someone. Like it's way too good. Even like, that's not why you should see it. It's just too. And the nudity in this is so sexy. I mean, I love it. And even if when it's not, when there's not nudity, I think this is just such a sexy movie. Yeah. Um, and she's into it, or she's playing someone who's into it. Whether she is like, it's irrelevant. Whether she like, she's her character is into it. Like, she's learning she's, to be into it. She's right, learning right. that this is who, this is who she is. She's and she's reading about it. She's studying it as a. As a, I, I, I'm sorry to make the yeah. comparison, as opposed to the internet sort of right. cursory, I'm going to look up images on the web. She's reading a book to try to figure out what am I? Yeah. What, what is the terminology I'm going to need to use? Who am I and how do I make a relationship with this man who doesn't maybe know what he is work? Right. I mean, he may not know that he's a dom. He may not understand that. She's understanding she's a sub. I mean, she's understanding these things, and she's developing, and she's opening him. I mean, it's it's such a beautifully made movie in so many levels, and it so rewards a repeat viewing. I'm so yeah. happy yeah, I'm we watched it again. Yeah, you're genius. This yeah. is the, my favorite thing you've picked for any of the uh... – <laughs> <laughs> so it was so exceeded my memories of it, like because I remember liking it, but it was like, I was like yeah, I'm so totally that I even remember it. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with and you. So I, purged the oh. taste of Fifty Shades. <laughs> like we hated Fifty Shades. It like instinctively we recoiled from it. Like we know, like this sucks on so many levels. But then after Secretary, just like tweaks it aside like out of the way fuckheads yeah absolutely right that's a perfect yeah, way to kill suck at everything and this movie like rules and like the way it tells the story oh god it's so good uh perfect way to put it kelly i love the way you put that all right i'm gonna read a couple of listener emails now all right okay all right so uh thank you again uh, absolutely. We got something from Paul Weimer, uh, secretary of the movie Fifty Shades of Grey wishes it was. Uh, from the opening scene, seeing Jillian Hall in a lock collar to the insect on the bed at the end. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Um, with that lovely smirk on her face, she is a fascinating character study. Jillian Hall's character is a gem of a protagonist. Oh, and consider James, character, James Spader's character's name, E. Edward Grey. Did E.L. James borrow the last name knowingly? I wonder. She probably borrowed the E from Edward. <laughs> and and I completely forgotten Christopher Walken was in the movie. It was weirdly random. What? I don't know what he, he who was Christopher Walken in it? I don't remember him. Oh, was he in the diner at the one point? So you think Christopher Walken was the dad? No, that's um That's a Dexter guy. Dexter guy? It's Dexter's dad. No, no, it's Stephen McCaddy. Oh. Steve McHattie, who we just saw in Great Lady Down. <laughs> oh. Wait, but Christopher Walken's definitely not a... 
I don't he think does? so. That's pretty. Why would Paul Paul Weimer? I think he's he's got to be right. We're dumb. Paul Weimer knows what he's talking about, but I he's got to be in the party scene, and we just forgot. All right, perhaps. perhaps. Uh, but I think I'd forgotten that Stephen McHattie and I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, Steve McHattie, Steve McHattie's in this. Steve McHattie, he, he was in uh, Grey Lady Down. We just like Grey Lady Down. And I, I totally forgot to talk about that. So Paul Weimer was going, oh, look, walking. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work. Best regards, Paul Weimer. All right. So uh, we have something from Robert Armitage. Uh, Rob, uh, this is this email is titled Support for Wand. Every time I hear someone listening, every time I hear someone stop listening because a word like rape is used, I think of the variety of thought that is lost and I am saddened. Consider how the word is used, the culture of the speaker, and where the speaker is trying to lead you. In the context Yodorovsky is using, I imagine a young, blushing, and virginal girl who is ignorant of sex and must be guided, forced, or even raped on her wedding night. If you want to use increasingly powerful words, and that is what I see Yodorovsky doing, using powerful words. I've seen two Yodorovsky movies, Santa Sangria and Holy Mountain. They are both overwhelming, challenging, especially if you come armed with delicate sensibilities, packed full of mind-bending awesomeness. I think it's Santa Sangre, Sangre, and I think oh. I have seen it, but I forgot it. Oh, yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, and it kind of bummed me out. A yeah, I think I think Rob is right here, uh, and I think it's it's just my my delicate sensibilities, and that yeah, I, everybody backed you. Like I felt. It lonely. doesn't matter what they backed. It's just that I I went a little nuts about that. But I think oh, Rob, they're... I think Rob is right. I think Yudorowsky is using a powerful word in a powerful way, and I think wait, Rob, I'm right too. I would, he's agreed with me. Uh, no, I think he's agreeing with himself. Damn it. Sorry. All right, so next we have Rob Fabra. Uh, I finally had the means and opportunity to watch one of the movie club movies in time to contribute. I had never seen Secretary before. Okay. And finally, and found that I liked it a lot. It was funny, weird, and charming. I have a lot of thoughts about it, but you aren't going to have time to read them all. Um, so I wanted to focus on the idea of kink as pathology. Uh, oh, good. I'm glad you brought this up, Rob, um, because uh, it's interesting to look at the two movies in that case. All right. Anyway, back to Rob. The first part of this movie gave me a sinking feeling that we were in for a story about how damaged and in need of fixing these characters are. As things evolved, though, it seemed to be more about the main character learning who she was and embracing it, which culminated in my favorite sequence where she has to remain at the desk. Despite how uncomfortable it looked, it really felt like the perfect way for these two characters to express their need for each other. I love that her family came by and, instead of dragging her out, brought food and decided to keep her company. They embraced who she was rather than trying to change her. I thought it was a funny and heartfelt sequence. I was a little disappointed with the aftermath. The film seemed to want to hedge its bets a little after that and showed the main characters engaged in normal lovey-dovey romantic activities which after everything we'd seen seemed like the last thing either of these characters would want but overall i still like that they ended up together and didn't have to be fixed in order to be happy love the podcast guys keep up the good work well she does say time out when they oh that's a good point yeah she does and and that's something that uh that alexander said that uh, that timeout seems like a proper use of the safe word. Right. Yeah. Once again, I, I, yet again, I find myself thinking back to Fifty Shades and how. And how they. And how she just. Right. She just said no like a dog. Yeah. 
and they act like they've done something awesome. <laughs> That's my headache. <laughs> uh, Rob has a PS, which is very funny. PS, a six months earlier tire card, really? All right, Rob. <laughs> Rob, you win this one. Fair enough. Uh, finally, we have Chris. Chris Markinson. Hey, guys. This was such a welcome palate cleanser after watching Hot Tub Time Machine 2 earlier in the day. <laughs> what? You're <laughs> um, I loved Maggie Gyllenhaal's performance in this movie. Her facial expressions, body language, and the way her character changes and grows throughout the movie was so enjoyable to watch. James Spader does such a great job of mixing calm, cool, and in control with unsure and scared. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Chris. I like that. Um, there are a few. There are quite a few things that Secretary does well that Fifty Shades does not, but there are two that stand out for me. The first is after Lee gets spanked for the first time, both her and Gray are out of breath, and her pinky and his thumb touch. I don't think there's anything as subtle and meaningful as that in Fifty Shades. Very good. Yeah. No, those two characters would could those two actors couldn't bear to touch. Even yeah. Though. Yeah, you're right, Kelly. Uh, second moment is courtesy of Stephen McCaddy. All right, that's. But I, yeah, good. When he reads the Bible passage to Lee, telling her that her soul and body are hers to do with as she wishes. This is acceptance and secretary, and in Fifty Shades, there doesn't seem to be any acceptance at all. Another excellent pick. Thanks, Chris. Well done. That's the thing, too, about secretary. Like, how we said, or you said, that, uh, okay, it's not really about BDSM. It's like secretary is about these two people like what works for them yeah 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 but it's also about her just them discovering who they are her discovering who she is and and helping him to understand who he is but if it's like all so many movies have love stories but they're always like kind of the same one and it's the same shit every time it's like secretaries like like it's they're more complex human beings ironically considering okay i agree sorry no worries just say shades uh, so, if you were to pick a movie, so let's say we finished this, we've done this uh, mini movie club of Palooza. I, I think we both loved Secretary and watched, loved yeah. it a second time. So, is there a movie that you would pick uh, that um, Kingsman made you th- made you think? You know what? Let's watch this movie this week and talk about it next week. Yeah, this is a movie I've wanted you to see for a while, and uh, I know Tom's coming back, so I want to get in my licks. All right, go ahead. But also, it does tie in, and I also think it's—I think this is a good choice. But I hope I haven't watched it yet recently, so I'm a little scared too. So I hope I'm not murdered by deafing us again. <laughs> but my choice for next week's quarter to three mini penny movie club of Palooza is Real Men. What Starting, is that? What is that? It's a uh, eighty-nine. It's John Ritter and James Belushi. Holy crap! Are you kidding? Spy- yeah. No. What? And Jim James Belushi's the Colin Firth, and John Ritter is the Exe. All right, I'll do it. I don't even know what that Real is. Real men. Real men. All right. Real men. I saw so uh, for next week's Mini Penny Movie Club Palooza, we will watch Real Men. Excellent. So for the main movie for next week, ah, what are we gonna watch, Kelly Wand? We're gonna go see. Since we've kind of covered Will Smith movies completely although i wouldn't mind seeing margot robbie again can't trust a crook what's it say don't trust a thief is that you said never trust a thief never trust a thief we're gonna see the lazarus effect science fiction movie 
<laughs> All right. Mark Duplass. Don't say anything else about it. I don't want to know anything right, else right. about it. I will go see it. Um, uh, it. We, we looked at two movies that are going up in wide release this week uh, because we want you guys to be able to see them. Um, the one that we initially thought we were going to have to see is Focus, but we decided instead that the better choice would be to see <laughs> The Lazarus Effect. So have had enough mainstream entertainment after 50 shows. Yeah. So uh, this is one of the wide releases this week. Please, uh, for next week's um, movie... Uh, podcast. The main movie we're going to talk about is Lazarus Effect. Um, the mini movie Club of Palooza we're going to see is Real Men. <laughs> so if you happen to get a chance to see Real Men, That's right. I have no idea how I'm going to. Uh, I hope it's available on Amazon. Not for you to do next this week, I guess. So uh, we are seeing a movie called Real Men. If you get a chance to see it, please do write in. You heard us read a couple of uh, listener emails. You only have to write a couple of lines about how you felt about it. Just write it in at 3x3 at quarter2three.com. And just write us in, and, and we'll read your email in the air or anything else you write in, basically. Um, please do uh, follow the quarter to three um the quarter three twitter uh which is uh just you can just search tom chick it's basically qt3 on uh on twitter and then like our facebook page which is the quarter three movie page or just the quarter three page on facebook um i am christian moroski uh and uh i have been joined here as i'm joined here every here by uh kelly wand Dingus, I'm your Jill and Hall. Dingus, there's an opening for a new Sir Robin on the podcast. This is the last guy got cut in half. Interested? It's gonna be a lot of What a shame! What a shame! We both had to grow up. Is that from Secretary? <laughs> Shush. Dun 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 dun. dun.